0: Oh, yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to
1: the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick ass English speaker?
2: Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, boys and girls from all across our beautiful shiny planet. This is Ethan from Real Life English where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun natural, effective, and even
1: power-packed
2: way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to us while you're riding the bus, going for a run, savoring a nice French Bordeaux, or
1: bobsledding.
2: Oh yeah. I'm joined here in the virtual studio with the man who can say I love you in every language and mean it, Justin Murray. Oh
1: yeah, and that's true, every single language.
2: (laughs) What does that mean, that you you mean it, when you say something, you mean it?
1: I mean it, man, you know, you're a nice guy, I mean
2: it, I'm (laughs) sincere about it. Exactly, so that's a very common collocation. And how about, uh, I also said, savoring a French Bordeaux, do you have any idea what that means?
1: to savor is to to really uh, be present with the taste and to be almost nostalgic about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what a French Bordeaux is? A French Bordeaux is a wine, right? Yeah, exactly right.
2: It's
1: so, a region in France too, right? But Bordeaux is a region, right?
2: Yeah, and that's like a lot of wines, particularly uh, European ones, they'll actually be named for the region that they come from. So, like an example, Bordeaux is a famous one in France. Burgundy is another very famous one in France. Uh, Here in Spain, the most famous one is Rioja. Yeah, Champagne is another good example. Uh, So, anyway, enough about wine. We're going to start salivating here. So, we are on a kind of bonus episode. Just to wrap up the last, uh, I believe, six episodes that we did talking about the real life way, which is our methodology. We have seen over the last few years of coming up with this and observing it with successful English learners, that if someone really is able to follow these steps and to make it a part of their life, that they're pretty much proven to be able to reach a very confident level of fluency. So what exactly are we going to be doing today, J-Man?
1: Well, today we're going to be, like the first episode, actually, the first episode of this was an overview, like the general idea, we, we introduced the real life way, and then we went on each step, steps one through five, and today we're going to close it by showing you how to apply it, how to make it a part of your life, 10 tips to help you really integrate this in your, into your life and embody the real life way.
2: So before we roll into those 10 tips, why don't we honor one of our very kind and kick-ass listeners. We have a very nice message here from Beata, I believe in Poland. Do you want to share that?
1: So Beata is actually a Fluency Circle member too. She's working really hard, doing a great job with the Fluent with Friends course. And when I saw this on the iTunes reviews, I, I was pretty proud of her. Proud of her for her learning, but also really happy that she left us a review. The reviews really awesome. They help the podcast grow. They help boost our egos too, help us feel better, <laughs> motivate us. So, uh, Beta says, thanks a lot. I really love you guys. You are amazing in your podcasts, of course, and all of what you're doing. Unfortunately, I'm living in Poland, so I can only hear you. Cheers from Beta.
2: Awesome. So, uh, you, you said that we like to uh, rub our own egos or something something of that matter. So what does that mean? Uh-huh. Well, there's an expression that says massage your ego, right? Okay. To
1: massage your ego is, is basically if, if you massage somebody's ego, it means that you say nice things about them, you get them feeling really good, and oftentimes it's to maybe get something that you want from them. But in our case, it just means that it motivates us and it helps us it helps us move forward and, and um, inspire us to really create great content.
2: Exactly, so that ego sometimes can have a negative connotation. Of course, we are not saying it with that way, but uh, another example might be if someone has a big ego, it means that they're, they're kind of full of themselves. They think they're a little bit uh, narcissistic or something like that. So it's not good to have a big ego, but it can be a nice way to compliment someone is to massage their ego. An the expression
1: there really quickly is like, uh, somebody can be on an ego trip. Like, man, that guy's on an ego trip. I say that about
2: Ethan all the time. He's on an ego trip. <laughs> oh, sure. He he just believes too much in himself. He yeah, gets yeah. too cocky. Maybe we can massage someone else's ego by sharing a kick-ass quote from Mark Manson, who Justin and I uh, really look up to. He's just a popular blogger from the United States. He actually wrote a book that I read last year called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Which so what does it is... mean to not
1: give a fuck, Ethan? <laughs>
2: So that might be important for understanding the title. So The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. If you give a fuck about something, it means like you really care about it. So it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, which means it's kind of a joking title. And it's all about like – I'd say the book is really centered around having good values, about not caring too much about the – the little things that happen in your life. And he's got a ton of great articles. It can be a really great way to practice your reading. So you could go, go and uh, check out his blog. You would just Google Mark Manson and it'll pop up. But do you want to share that quote, J-Man?
1: Before you were able to be good at something and do something important, you must first suck at something and have no clue what you were doing.
2: <laughs> and I would say that is completely true when learning English. I think that Especially when it comes to learning a language, we really want to compare it to our mother tongue. And so we get easily frustrated because we have to trip over our words. We just can't communicate very fluidly. We can't always communicate our ideas like we could in our mother tongue. And, you know, because of that, we think that we just we really suck at it. But it's almost like when you're learning English or you're learning another language, you have to just become comfortable with that suckiness in the beginning if you ever want to be great at it and i think that there are really good ways to do this i was actually just telling justin that i was in france a couple of weeks ago and a friend of mine i really liked how he did this because he has kind of an intermediate level of english and he's very frank very honest about you know not having terrific english and he just told me like you know i i speak like a like a 5 year old probably and i thought it was kind of like a funny way of saying that you know he he had a lower level but it kind of lightens the mood a little bit and it allows him to be very open about his level without uh you know massaging his own ego too much and i think for me that kind of just opens me up to communicating with him so i think that there are ways instead of for example we talked about don't apologize about your english There are kind of fun light ways that you can say that you're still you're still learning and make the other person that you're talking to a lot more open to communicating with you and helping you out
1: yeah. And I think it part of it's really important as well is I think a lot of times we tend to want to communicate the same way that we communicate in our native language, almost with the same like sentence structure. So you have a thought in your head and it's, mm-hmm. you communicate in a very sophisticated, sophisticated way in your native language, but then you have to simplify it. So that demands a really high degree of, of humility you really want to press the person or or show the person what you're capable of communicating. But then if you have to sound like a five-year-old when you're communicating, that can be (laughs) difficult because you don't want that person to think less of you.
2: Yeah, but it's almost like you have to be, and and we'll actually be talking about this in the tips, you have to be open, you know, to the, that it's, uh, it takes growth, it takes time, you know, and if you're communicating like a five-year-old, maybe it's going to take you a few years before you can communicate like a, like an adult. So I think just being open to that, Uh, Being enjoying that kind of that part of the journey that initial awkwardness and having fun with it as as my friend uh, Did and also he said in this quote in case people didn't understand this. I just noticed he says uh, To have no clue what you are doing. So do you want to explain that expression real quick?
1: Well to have no clue is means you have no idea what you're doing Exactly, Um, it it just means yeah, you're a beginner
2: so just to share this quote real quick one more time, before you are able to be good at something and do something important, you must first suck at something and have no clue what you are doing. All right. So that said, I hope that kind of will set the ground for the rest of today's conversation. So let's roll into maybe summarizing what we've covered in the last five episodes of the Real Life English podcast and The Real Life Way.
1: Okay. Just to give you a summary of the things that we have covered so far. We gave you three promises at the beginning. We promised that we would inspire you to realize your potential, not only as an English learner, but as a human being. And we did that. And we're doing that through the three pillars of determination. Desire, discipline, and vision. Helping you realize that where there's a will, there's a way. That's the first step in the real life way. The second promise was to empower you to step outside the classroom and into the real world. Not just learn English, but live it. So part of that is giving you the... The strategies, skills, and courage to not just learn it and live it. to Discover native-like English and just step outside your comfort zone and meet people and use your English. And the final promise from The Real Life Way is to connect you to a world beyond borders. A global consciousness and community and a realization that no matter what divides us, what unites us is far greater. We talked about that in the last episode. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Understanding and seeing global English English for the big picture, to look at the world beyond the physical, linguistic, and cultural borders. And English is a really great way to do this because it enables you to really step outside of your your culture, to go beyond your own language, your own culture, and to see that world in a completely new way. So these were the three promises that we hope we've done a good job in delivering them throughout this series. And now we're going to give you 10 practical tips to help you apply this the real life way. To your life and become a lifelong learner and to keep kicking ass
2: oh yeah so let's go kick some ass so the first tip is to take time to reflect so what does that mean to take time to reflect
1: yeah well we've we've talked about a lot of big ideas here right so part of it you know we talked about at the beginning you know the three pillars of determination really having like that foundation to your english it takes some time to reflect and think about why you're learning what's your purpose you know like to ask the right questions like what are some questions people can ask themselves Ethan,
2: you might ask yourself why like why are you learning in the first place you know really trying to capture your deep underlying purpose don't just ask why once because like you might get something superficial like uh oh i need it for my job or i need it to get a better job or you know something along those lines but you really want to get to like a deep burning why that is going to help propel you forward to motivate you in those times that you really want to give up and and say no more it's going to help you overcome those and to keep improving outside of the plateaus i
1: recorded a video a few months ago and i'll share it in the show notes it's called three questions that guarantee Success in your fluency journey. And the three questions are like Ethan just said, why are you learning English? Uh, And then you go into like, you know, what is your goal? You know, where are you at with your English right now? What what are your weaknesses? You kind of give a diagnosis and then how are you learning English? And this was inspired by there's this TED talk called uh, how great leaders inspire action. And this guy creates kind of a methodology about why, how, what kind of asking really deep, important questions about each aspect of what you're doing. And this is supposed to inspire much more effectiveness and much more energy in your whole process. What about journaling, Ethan?
2: Uh, I'm a big fan of journaling. I think that obviously it can be a great way to practice your writing, but it helps you kind of to clear out the junk out of your mind, to kind of uh, clear the, the monkey mind. So I like to do it in the morning because it helps me just to kind of get my thoughts together, to, to get it all out on paper so that it's not just jumping around in my head, distracting me. And then I think like once you kind of get that first layer out, it can really help you to focus your intention. So it can help you to have a lot of insights into, for example, if you pose the question to yourself in your journal, why am I learning English? And then you write about it for 10, 15, 30 minutes, you're going to just come out of that with a huge amount of clarity and maybe some ideas that you wouldn't ever think would have occurred to you. So it kind of gives you the space that you might need exactly as we said, to reflect, to really go deep within yourself and to really cultivate the grit and the the perseverance and desire that you need to be a successful learner and successful in every area of your life, I'd say.
1: Yeah, and furthermore, if you journal in English, this is another way to actually get more output, to rehearse your thoughts
2: in English. What does rehearse mean, Ethan? It means basically to try doing something before you have the actual performance. So you might have, for example an actor rehearsing before the play or before they're recording the the film. And then uh, something else you could possibly even do this in your journal might be goal setting, as Justin mentioned a couple minutes ago. So how might they go about this? Well, thinking about like, what do you actually want to
1: accomplish with your English? You know what I mean? So make it, they say smart goals. What does smart mean, Ethan,
2: in this sense? Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-based. Yeah. And also I would say, but besides
1: this, just making it so you can feel it so that it's, you're emotionally attached to it. So that it inspires you because a lot of times the purpose of goals is, is motivational. It gives you energy to move forward. So think about it. And also maybe even like having an idea of like, what does it mean? You know, do you really want to speak like a native? A lot of people you ask them like what their goal is. Is that really their goal? Do they really want to speak like a native or do they want to connect with people and, and to be able to have meaningful experiences in English?
2: Exactly. And I'd say even a good idea could be to write this out. And I've actually, I'm reading a book on uh, social psychology right now. And they talk about how people are much more likely to do something when they write it out and they sign their name to it. And you could even, you could do this, write out your goals, sign your name to it and stick it somewhere where even, you know, other people will see it. And uh, this is a way to really commit yourself to those things. And you're going to be much more likely to accomplish them. So this is a great way to start your
1: process. Also, it's a great way to kind of regularly check in. So if you're failing in something, if you're having difficulty, it's good to ask why. You really start to see the reasons and this will help you adjust your process and improve it and evolve throughout the entire, every week, every month and do it on a regular basis. So this is what we really highly recommend. Another thing, the second tip is to really evaluate what your strengths and weaknesses are. So maybe... You know, you can take the different steps of the real-life way, for example. You know, your determination, for one thing. You know, how much you've actually integrated English into your life with don't just learn it, live it. How good are you at actually applying this to your life, speaking, stepping outside of your comfort zone to find partners and getting practice that you need? And then how is your global consciousness? How much are you actually interacting with that international world and that international perspective? For sure. So you can you can rate yourself from one to 10 on each of these and figure out what are you the weakest on, you know, what are you having the most trouble with
2: and then really attack that. Yeah. I would even say that it might not be inappropriate, even though I'm not a huge proponent of standardized tests, it can be a way to kind of get an objective view of what kind of level do you have right now? And like, where do you need to go to, to improve it? So I, I actually have like one student who every year takes the TOEIC, I believe. So there's a lot of different tests that you can take and you can look into them and figure out which one might be the best for you or, or the most convenient for you to take, depending on where you're living. But even though, you know, maybe it's not the best way in the world to, to test you if you're, whether you're a natural test taker or not, it can be a way to see like, oh, how are the different aspects of my learning? So usually they'll break it up between speaking, listening, uh, writing, reading, and sometimes they'll take the more mechanical things like grammar. So you can actually look and say, okay, maybe I'm really good at the listening part, but on the writing and speaking part, I need to work on some things. So that'll kind of help you to direct your focus.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. This will help you give... Uh, this will help give you a, an objective measurement to move forward. So you can do this on a regular basis and see your progress in different areas this can tell you what you're doing if you're doing it right if you need to improve your process and in which ways as well
2: and of course based on that that'll tell you where you are and then you need to figure out where you're going with your goals and you know it's also kind of having an attitude which is uh, tip number three of committing to lifelong growth to continually learning and and uh doing self-development work so you kind of have to recognize that it's not like someday you're going to wake up and you'll have finally reached this goal of being fluent it's it's not this top of the mountain sort of goal it's more of a recognizing that it's a destination that it's something that you'll be doing for your entire life you'll be improving your entire life even native speakers we can we can uh, continue improving our mother tongue our entire life if we so desire so learn to really love the journey
1: I would say on there as well, like reading and learning in general, because the real-life way, ultimately, it's very cross-disciplinary. You can apply this to almost any area that you're learning in some sense. It's not just about English. Only a certain portion of the real-life way is about English, but things like determination and really stepping outside of your comfort zone and, and you know meeting people that can help, help you learn and, and improve, these are, are universal principles, so reading and, and learning in general Like a couple things are like, you know, building habits. Learn about habit development. There's a book called The Power of Habit, which is excellent. Learn about mindset. There's a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's amazing. Learn about determination and grit. We mentioned the book uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth. These are are really amazing books about psychology, about performance that are based upon scientific principles. So learn about these. And these will affect other aspects of your life, too, because really when you're learning about kind of some of those foundational elements of performance and achievement and success,
2: these apply in every area of your life. Yeah. And uh, for sure. And it's like we said before, with the journaling is an extra way for you to practice your writing. If you find some of these different self-development books, you get a double whammy, as we said in another episode, I think to kill two birds with one stone. So that would be the same thing as saying a double whammy is that you You, get to go back
1: and explain, you explain
2: one, one expression with another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we've talked about, uh, kill two birds with one stone a lot, but I can explain it again. It's basically accomplishing two goals with a single action. So basically you're able to improve yourself, you know, by learning about habits, learning about mindset, which you can apply to other parts of your life. And if you're reading the book in English, then, you know, you're also getting English practice, growing your vocabulary, uh, and other kind of Things that just happen passively, like improving your your English grammar. But uh, you know, as Einstein said, when you stop learning, you start dying. So you know, whether whether you're doing this in English or in your native language, it's it's pretty crucial that you're always working on improving yourself, and not just for your English, but for every aspect. If you really want to live a high impact life.
1: Yeah, and if you're listening to this podcast, you've already reached that point, probably or close to, where. You were able to really benefit and enjoy from native resources because this is really that point where you can kill two birds with one stone and you know, learn about life principles, improve yourself, and learn English at the same time. It's so much, so much easier, so much better than the earlier stages when you're working on the fundamentals of, of like the mechanics of English grammar and things like that.
2: Most definitely. So let's roll into the fourth tip, which is taking time to plan. And programming your English into your life.
1: One thing that's really effective and it's been proven scientifically is to plan your week. To be intentional about how you spend your time. To plan your year even. Think about, well, what do I want to do this year? How do I want to structure my life? Before the week, you know, think about, hmm, what am I going to do this week? You actually, when you plan it when you schedule things out, it's much easier to do it because you've already made the choice in your head beforehand. Then at that moment... When that that moment comes when you need to do that you don't need to make another choice because it's already planned it's already programmed so this is something you can do with your English too before the week think about hmm when, when am I going to make time for my English this week when am I going to make sure that i that I, I listen to that podcast or you know I watch that that series to practice my English or I'm speaking or reading that book or writing or doing whatever you're doing think about when you're going to do it and make time for it and really protect that time.
2: There's actually a process that both Justin and I have done. I I've actually made it a yearly habit from a group called live your legend. And I'll share this in the show notes, which will be at real life slash live it one word, live it L I V E I T. So this is really great because you just download it and, uh, I try to do it at the beginning of every year, and it really helps take you through a process of where, first of all, you're reflecting on the, the past year and kind of like you know, what went really well, kind of being grateful for the things that did happen, and then looking at where you can actually improve before you actually jump into how to make this year, the, the next year, really impactful. And you actually go through really digging into what you want to accomplish and then mapping out when you're going to do each of those things. And it's pretty cool because it's, you can actually, you know, figure out 12 new habits or 12 new kind of things that you want to bring into your life and accomplish one every single month. And then of course, from there, you kind of zoom in every week and you you plan out every week. So they also have a PDF that helps you to do this, a guide that takes you through a very similar process where you're reflecting on the week before, what went well, what can you improve on, and then you look at, okay, what do I need to get done this week? And it's, also to like honor those those yearly goals you made and then every day you just sit down because you've already had all this planning done you just need to sit down for a few minutes and say okay what am I going to accomplish today and you'll find when you do this you're just able to be much more effective in accomplishing your goals and you'll be pretty amazed by how much you're able to get done in a year how many of your your big dreams that you're actually able to accomplish so I would highly recommend making this a part of your life and another way that you can also make easier, like what Justin was saying, is is just by integrating habits into your life. We can um, post a video that's an interview from the book that Justin mentioned called The Power of Habit, named the author is named Charles Duhigg, and this is a, a really great way to get kind of an overview, and if you enjoy it, I would highly rec- recommend also reading the book, but if you're actually able to make things a habit, then it's like you don't even think about it anymore. You're just go for your run and you pop in your headphones and you're listening to that podcast or you know it's uh, right after dinner time and that's when you watch your favorite TV series in English and you know learn practice some new vocabulary maybe on on memorize or unky or something like that so if you can develop this this planning and then also just like the the habits you're going to be really amazed over the coming weeks and months and years how much your English takes off fitting really well into this idea the next tip is don't just learn it live it which this is a concept we've been covering a lot in the real life way but what is the the tip with this Justin
1: well kind of talking about planning your life and programming your life the main idea is to fill your empty spaces to fill those moments when you're in traffic when you're in line with mobile technology and just the way the world is set up nowadays it's much easier to to really insert english into those, um, those white space moments. What do we mean by white space, Ethan?
2: White space means it's basically time when you're not really doing anything. You're not doing anything else. And you could potentially have headphones in or you could be using an app, for example, to kind of make that into, instead of it being maybe time that you're bored or frustrated or something like that, you can make it into a positive experience where you're, you're making good use of that time. You're learning, you're improving yourself.
1: Another aspect of you know, not just learning it, living it, that we'd like to emphasize is recording yourself, speaking, talking to, your, talking to yourself, <laughs> talking to your dog, listening to your own voice, getting in the habit of actually opening your mouth and getting comfortable with that. I think a lot of people have a resistance to talking to themselves, if, if, to really practicing their English unless they're talking with somebody else. But I've seen t- many people be very successful by just developing the habit speaking with themselves
2: yeah most people don't like the way that their voice sounds which actually there's a scientific explanation to that so it's not just you if if you're one of those people who doesn't like the sound of their own their own voice it's just something that it to everyone it sounds differently than we believe it does We, we perceive it differently when we're speaking than the way we actually sound so you have to first get over Uh, you know, if you want to do this exercise of speaking and recording and and kind of self-evaluating, which can be very effective, you might take a little bit of getting over that awkwardness of listening to your own voice. But I think it's a very, very worthwhile endeavor. Okay. So moving on to number six, the sixth
1: tip. I know we're kind of short on time, so we got to move through these, but to get a good teacher, somebody to support you, a coach, people to hold you accountable. What is to hold somebody accountable, Ethan? To hold somebody accountable is to make sure someone does what they said they're going to do. So what do we mean by this? When getting a good teacher, supportive friends, people to hold you accountable?
2: So I think it's really hard to do things alone. Like we were talking about planning. You know, you might start at the beginning of the year really excited. Like I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to uh, start running and I'm going to learn Italian. You know, you make all these goals and stuff. But then can be really easy to give up if you don't have anyone to hold you accountable to make sure you do it so it's kind of finding that person you know maybe f- first having supportive friends who you can actually talk to your goals about and maybe even ask them like can you make sure i do it and you can even like we talked about uh in one of the podcasts about the real life way is actually ha- putting something at stake so it could be money or or you know something that you're going to give up or do if you don't actually follow through with that thing. And We're putting
1: something at stake, so give somebody a steak.
2: <laughs> it's not not like a beef steak. It's like a S T A K E. So if you put something at stake, it basically means that you will lose that thing if you don't do what you say you're going to do. So this is on on the one side that could just be a supportive friend. It could be maybe a mentor or a you know someone that you look up to. And on the other hand. You know, I think a lot of people will think like, oh, I can learn all on my own. I can learn completely independently. I don't need any help from a teacher. But having a good teacher or a good coach can be very effective because they can help you with some of the other tips that we talked about, like helping you to figure out where are your weaknesses and providing you with the resources, the exercises and the feedback that you need to really, really improve those, really focus and improve those. Uh, as we talked about a lot during the real life way, deliberate practice. So what is this, Justin?
1: Deliberate practice is really identifying your specific weaknesses, your specific points that you can improve upon and systematically focusing on them. So you, you know, if you're having a problem with a specific uh, sound with pronunciation or pr- specific grammar rule, maybe it's not helping you just to keep speaking or just to keep focusing in general on your English or listening or something, you need to actually focus in on that part and get feedback and, and really fix that one mechanical element.
2: For sure. And uh, rolling into the next tip, which also kind of goes hand in hand with this, is finding your tribe and role models. So what do we mean by a tribe?
1: Well, your tribe is kind of people that you identify with. So a lot of times... Finding finding people that that are already rep- that already represent this that already embody this people that you can look up to, so a role model is they're going to show you because a lot of times that we learn better by example. So if you have a friend that's already learning English in this great way and they have passion for it, it's much easier for you to have passion if you see that in another person because you see how that person is learning. You get feedback from that person. That person's going to help help you kind of copy them in some sense.
2: Yeah, I think even if you're like in a small town or something like that and or you just don't have anyone around you, there's a lot of really great YouTubers, a lot of really great teachers on YouTube or, or just learners on YouTube who they kind of like share the experience and they they give advice and stuff. And like I know, for example, I've seen several Brazilian, Brazilian English learners that do this on YouTube. And I'm sure for whatever your native language is, you could find people like this who you can kind of follow and get recommendations from. And that'll definitely motivate you, like Justin said. And finding your tribe, that would be, looking for people who are in the same boat as you. So when we say that in the same boat, it means that they are going through the same experience as you. So your peers, people who are more or less at your same level, who are very open and excited about learning like you are and are willing to practice with you.
1: This can also be like a teacher as well. I think, you know, you have the advantage there that you get to know the person, also people
2: in your class, in your English class, or maybe somebody you work with. And I think like wherever you're able to find that person, just kind of the enthusiasm, your enthusiasm, and like building off of their excitement, it's just kind of contagious. And so, you know, two or three people are much more effective together than one person can be alone. So uh, kind of going on the other side of that, the next tip is to experiment and become self-taught. So by this, we mean that you you sort of need to become like a scientist for with your language learning. All of the best language learners that I've seen, a huge aspect of their success is their willingness and their curiosity to just constantly be experimenting, constantly trying new things, constantly willing to, to fail, to make mistakes, to even embarrass themselves or, or feel awkward.
1: An important part of experimenting is really reflecting upon what's working and what's not working, because sometimes, you know, you don't know what's going to work for you necessarily because everybody's different. So it's important to try new things, experiment cut out
2: the things that aren't working, focus more on the things that are working and then find more things that work. Exactly. That's what I always tell my students is like, try everything that I give you. I, I give them many different exercises, many different techniques to try. And I say, try everything and keep the things that work well for you and throw out the things that are, that aren't effective. So that's exactly what you need to do is try a lot of different things. And just like a scientist, you basically make a hypothesis. You, you, Try what you think is going to work, and then you experiment with it, and at the end, you look and you see, okay, did it work? Did it not work? And you tweak. You tweak. You make small changes to see uh, how can you actually improve on that, or maybe you need to try something new altogether. The next part would be when you do kind of have those victories, those accomplishments overcoming your frustrations, you need to learn to celebrate them. Even if it's like really small things that you understood that grammar rule, you were able to have like a five-minute conversation with someone or or call on the phone and, and order a pizza, like any small thing like this, you should actually like take, take a small time to be aware of it and to, to celebrate it a little bit because... Learning a language, it's a really big endeavor. Most of us don't appreciate how difficult it is. You need to learn that the you know—the more you're able to celebrate those small wins, the more that you're going to keep uh, having the desire to continue, to propel on.
1: Yeah, and that goes back as well to recognizing it's a journey, finding joy in those steps in each moment and where you're at. Looking at how far you've come, being proud of yourself and keep going like that also having big dreams and big expectations about what you're capable of
2: yeah and kind of just keeping that positive mindset because you know if you're basically always filling yourself with doubts about whether you know that you're never going to be able to do this that you're going to fail then that's probably what's going to happen there's like a, great... a lot of
1: times people are or a lot of times people are really focused on I'm not good enough yet I'm still not good enough Yeah,
2: it's like my English
1: is horrible. I still can't communicate when it's just like it's maybe not so productive to constantly to constantly be down on yourself Down on yourself means to be really hard on yourself to be really negative with yourself So it's it's important to have that positive mindset To to be able to again celebrate the wins celebrate the moment you're at to find joy in the process
2: For sure and there's a great quote that says, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. So basically, that means that if you're always telling yourself that you can't, you're going to be right. If you're telling yourself, though, that you can, that you will be successful, then eventually, through your grit and determination, you will be successful. And that brings us to the last tip. What is it, Justin?
1: Plan a trip to give yourself permission to dream.
2: Yeah, so I think it's it basically comes back to the idea of having a having a big goal, right? Having a big desire for what you're learning and kind of like rewarding yourself for that with, with something that uh, is going to be extremely motivating.
1: Yeah, a lot of times maybe it's difficult to plan a trip. Maybe it's not financially viable for you, but you can always dream and you can always start planning your life for fulfilling moments. Maybe it doesn't need to be a trip. Maybe there are other things that you can do to really give yourself that realization of your English fluency, to give you that experience.
2: Definitely. And I've actually, I've seen a lot of people too, who have, you know, maybe they come from like a a poor background, but that they, through their English learning and making international friends, they got extremely motivated to travel and just through, you know, hard work and, and saving up a little bit at a time, they were able to make it a possibility. So you never know if you put your mind to something, you probably can make it a reality. And with that, we hope that you have enjoyed this entire series of The Real Life Way. We hope you have learned a lot, that you've gotten motivated, that you will start putting a lot of these tips that we have given you to practice. And of course, if there's any way that we can help, or if you still have any doubts or questions, we would love to hear them. We might just use them to create another episode of the podcast. So feel free to ask those just by commenting on the show notes at reallifeglobal.com slash liveit L-I-V-E-I-T
1: And this is just the beginning, like really articulating this real life way, all these aspects. This is something we're going to inject into other podcasts other videos, everything else that we do. This is just kind of it's, it's a starting point and this is going to evolve as well with your help, with your feedback. So of course, share your ideas interact with us and we would love to hear more from you. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah.